Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. We're going to need another link. So let me, I'm going to drop it in the chat. No worries. Happened at a good time. That's for sure. So we're not live right now? No, not right. Well, we, uh, I don't know if we're live on anything else. Okay. Shout out to Periscope and Twitch. Okay. Yeah. I'm grabbing the link and dropping it into chat now for the people that are still in the old one. Nope. Nope. You'll be fine. Uh, We can get that updated later. (sighs) Yeah. No big thing. No big thing. There we go. Back in business we'll let you guys trickle in again you know you're gonna have to do now that you're coming back in hit that thumbs up it's the most important thing i could ask you guys to do god i really need to get a haircut it's it's just it's kind of it's sticking out of everywhere now i can't it's there's just too much of it i need to fix it ah strammy a show so nice i liked it twice (laughs) that's the way to do it okay so as i was saying um when we were kicking this off Obviously, we both like Giannis. Obviously, there's no scenario where you're like, I'm playing zero Giannis today. The question really is, who do you like more, Giannis or James Harden? Giannis. Okay. We have Giannis currently 46% owned on DraftKings. We have James Harden currently at 27%, well, 28% owned. Does that change anything? 46 to 28, yes. That probably seems about right to me. Like Westbrook being back just lowers Harden enough where I think you're not in terms of ceiling, but in terms of projection, you're kind of overpaying at 11.3, whereas Giannis, you're paying like still less than you should at 11.4. The the only thing I guess is I think Miami has the personnel that they can slow Giannis down and you could see, I think this is a series where the secondary pieces on Milwaukee take on a much bigger role than they did against Orlando. And so if you wanted to go with that narrative, that's kind of, I think, how you could get to Harden. You just kind of say, like, I think Bledsoe play, you know, takes on a bigger role. I think Middleton especially takes on a bigger role. And, you know, so so maybe Giannis is closer to Harden. But I still just think that, that there's a big enough gap where I'd prefer Giannis. Okay. Um well, it's such a huge drop off then. Russ at ninety seven hundred, which is almost fully off the table for me, at least as of right now. Um, and then you're all the way down to eighty two hundred for Chris Paul. Uh, so 
that's an aggregate of 73.8% ownership for Giannis and Harden. Would you expect to have more of the two of them or less than the two of them? I think less because with it being a two-game slate, so so obviously you can look at it two ways and they're both you know correct. Uh, there's fewer opportunities to get a really big raw score like you're likely to get from Giannis and Harden, but there's also going to be less quality value and there is only the two guys to pay up for. So the odds are relatively high of them just not putting up those monster games that you need. But on top of that, I think kind of like I was just mentioning when we talked about them, you have the obvious concern with Harden where Westbrook is back. So it lowers the, the likelihood of him, you know, going for like 70 DraftKings points. And there's certainly a decent possibility that Giannis just he's still good but you know produces at a lower rate where you know Miami is is basically forcing someone else on the Bucks to beat them because I think they have the personality to do that so um, I think with the ownership where it is I'd probably come in under the the combined ownership there okay good to know 68% owned on FanDuel for Giannis there are not a ton of options at small forward today um, Giannis, Eric Gordon, Gallo, House, Crowder, Baisley is about what I see as viable. It's not the worst position in the world, but I get it. Like we have Giannis at 68 on FanDuel, Harden at 30, just because you can get Butler, Shea, Middleton, Schroeder, Hero, Duncan Robinson, Iguodala. Like shooting guard is just so deep on FanDuel today that you're seeing a drop in the ownership for Harden and a giant increase in Giannis. Might be something to dig into. Giannis later. also just naturally more valuable on FanDuel because of the defensive stats, whereas Harden is less valuable because of the turnovers. And Harden a lot more valuable on DraftKings for the three-point bonus as well. Right. And Yeah, and well, I guess they both get the double-doubles and triple-doubles. Yeah. Uh, so what else stands out to you from Milwaukee? Uh, it's hard for me to say like a lot of ownership is coming in here because, yeah, no kidding. Um, Middleton, 50% on FanDuel, uh, just over 30 on DK. Brooke Lopez at 35. Bledsoe, George Hill in the 20s. Uh, Marvin Williams getting a little bit of love. I like him even more than the public does right now. Not that I should like Marvin Williams at any point in time, but what stands out to you from the Bucks? So I, I kind of alluded to it before, but I'm really interested in Middleton here. Um, I actually just went back and looked, and obviously it's not something you should put too much weight in, but... Uh, Giannis has played against Bam seven times since the start of last season. He's averaged 1.7 DraftKings points per minute, which obviously is great, but it's low by Giannis standards. He has two games over 70 fantasy points, and then everything else is like 55 or below. So it, it kind of just makes me think there is, a again, a, a decent chance that Middleton has to take on a bigger role here than he did against Orlando. The salary on Middleton isn't inexpensive, but it's not you know through the roof or anything either. And... I just really like him too, because with all the ownership going to Giannis, if Middleton does go out there and kind of take over a game, it's probably taking enough away from Giannis where you don't have to have him at 11-4. Like Giannis can still have a really good game along with Middleton, but it's just unlikely that if Middleton goes for like 50 plus, that Giannis also goes for 70 plus. So I really like Middleton. I really like on this particular slate going into it with the idea that, you know, you're basically trying to get the game where Middleton takes over from Milwaukee. So I like him a lot. And then you still have pretty good price points on Bledsoe and Lopez. Maybe you get some more playing time for Bledsoe in a series that should be more competitive. I'm not completely sold on that because I'm not completely sold on that because, uh, does Siri like Bledsoe for today? I don't, I don't know what I said that got Siri's attention, but, um, 
you know, I so I, I still I don't know that Bud runs blood so that many minutes. Like he still has George Hill and it's still Bud, but you know, maybe he plays a little bit more. Lopez, we know, is getting big minutes, at least last series to deal with Vooch. I assume he gets big minutes here just for defensive reasons, if nothing else. And he's still pretty cheap. So um beyond Giannis, I would say Middleton and, and Lopez, my two favorites. And then you can, you know, you get to blood, so you get to potential flyers if you're paying up on like Hill and Compton. Okay. Yeah, I gave Bledsoe 29 minutes. There's a blurb in the, like the Bledsoe Rotowire blurb. He's questionable with a thigh or something like that. I just assume he plays. I'm not paying attention to that sort of stuff right now. Um, but they were like, uh, if Bledsoe sees the floor, which, you know, you would expect, he should see his standard over 30 plus minutes. And I was like, his what now? Yeah. <laughs> I was like, I think Eric Bledsoe had 28 minutes burned into my spreadsheet for the entire right. season. So. Uh, I'm not so sure that a guaranteed 30 plus for Bledsoe is there. I gave him 29. I think 30 is reasonable, but I need to see it first before I trust Bud to like turn this into a eight or nine man rotation. I mean, I projected 11 guys for today. I, I don't even think that's outlandish. Yeah. I mean, I, I feel confident increasing minutes on Giannis Lopez and Middleton before I did it yeah. on Bledsoe, just because like Hill's not going anywhere. You can, you can, you know, kick, whatever combination of those backup wings to the curb, but like Hill's not going anywhere no. and Connaughton is still going to get some run at least. So um, I think it's riskier with Bledsoe than the other guys. Okay. Yeah. The guy that's popping up the most for me on DraftKings, not like the most, but like, do you like Marvin Williams here? 3,300. It's just, there is no value anywhere outside of like Iguodala who we're going to get there. He's already at 47% ownership. Like, would you rather pay down to DiVincenzo, Noel, Marvin Williams? Are, are you getting to that low, low three tier? This is why I think I'll have less of Giannis and Harden than the field. Okay. That makes sense. Yeah, it's not not appealing. Um, my yeah, value, my value equation essentially doesn't have a constant. It's 0.95 yeah. for today, so it gets kind of squirrely. Yeah, I mean, Matthews is in that same conversation, too, of he'll go be on the floor for 26 minutes. And, like, if Giannis and Harden both go for 80 points, the 15 from West Matthews becomes useful. Yeah. Yeah, like, I mean, at that point in time, I want Marvin Williams because I think he's just better. Right. Uh, 0.74 fantasy points per minute for Marvin Williams over the last 30 days. 0.49 for West Matthews. And that's not, like, a giant deviation off his norm, either. Uh, he just stinks. Anybody you don't have interest in from Milwaukee? Marvin Williams like, and Russ Matthews. Eh, there we go. That's that's fair. That's fair. Um, so are you, I mean, they're not really picking up any ownership either. Yeah, so it's not. You, you forgot to factor the Marquette matchup narrative into the West Matthews projection, though. Yeah, that one's not on. I don't have that column in my sheet. I guess that's uh, some fish move on my end. Him and Jimmy Butler. Matthews is going to go off. Yeah. Uh, if you're playing Super Draft, 1.00 multiplier, a.k.a. not a multiplier on Giannis, but he is still uh, the clear top Super Draft option from the Bucks. <sighs> Who wins this game? Bucks. Yeah, I agree. I hope so, at least. Although it's weird. Like, part of me likes Miami. I am way too committed to Giannis being amazing to deal with Twitter. If Giannis, I mean, what's going to, if they lose Giannis probably has like 35 points, 18 rebounds, nine assists, 
and one highlight of him missing a three-pointer yeah. and Twitter will talk about how it was because of Giannis they lost. Yeah. I don't like what this is doing. I mean, like, obviously you are significantly more active than I am in, uh, in the Twitter sphere, but we are both on the same page in the argument. I don't like how this is turning us into like not Luca fans. It really pisses me off. <laughs> it's not a fun place to be. They don't have to be mutually exclusive. I can like both guys and think they're both fantastic, but I can't compare the two. I don't think that's possible. I hate it. I hate it a lot. Let's go to yeah, Miami. I mean, it's, we, we obviously both love Luca. We just also love Giannis and think he's better, and it just yeah. turns into arguing against Luca. I like being right way more than right. I like <laughs> liking Luca. <laughs> Miami, Miami Heat, 37% on Jimmy Butler. 38% owned Bam Adebayo, 38% owned Goran Dragic, 30% owned Jay Crowder, 47% owned Andre Iguodala. Those are the numbers on DK. Bam is at 63% on FanDuel because at power forward, there's kind of only like three guys that play. So that should be fun. Um, what stands out to you most from Miami? So I really like the value as far as the mid-range goes. Um, I think Bam's salary is really inexpensive. He, You do run the risk with him that kind of like last series where he played really, really well from a basketball standpoint, but he wasn't as good from a DFS standpoint as we're used to or as, as we would like. I think you do run a similar risk here because I would expect him to be tasked with plenty of defensive uh, effort on Giannis. And, you know, so obviously that comes with foul risk that comes with um, just expending energy and maybe not being quite as productive on the offensive end from a, a stat standpoint. But the salary is still really cheap. I expect him to be out there a ton of minutes as long as he's not in foul trouble. So I think that looks good. Uh, Dragic and Butler both, I think, are, are affordable in a spot where obviously they're going to be looking to them to, to carry the offense. The only thing I really disagree with from the ownership that you mentioned is Iguodala. And it's kind of similar to we had talked about it in one of the Indiana games where at least early in the day, Iguodala was projected for like 40 something percent ownership. And it's really just because there's not that many options on a two game slate. He's probably going to get his around 28 minutes, but he's not going to shoot. I mean, he's, he's going to be out there doing, he has the West Matthews role basically like, He's going to be out there, you know, Dragic and Hero and, and Bam and Butler and Crowder and Robinson. Like these guys are all getting looks before Andre Iguodala does. And so, you know, certainly if you're going to get 28 minutes from someone at 3,500, he can run into a big game just by playing that many minutes. But the problem is that if half the field is going that route and you are on, you, you do get that kind of outlier outcome, like you're still competing with half the field. Whereas if you get the normal outcome where Iguodala plays 28 minutes, gets 16 fantasy points, half the lineups now have a 16 fantasy point spot and have to have those expensive guys go off. So um, again, I think it's just kind of, I prefer getting one more mid range guy that has the potential to go for 50 than going to Andre Iguodala along with half the field so that I can get to James Harden or Giannis. Yeah. That's a little bit more of my, why I have a bit of Marvin Williams interest. If he's 13% owned and Andre Iguodala is 47% owned at the very least, I think I'm making a, a better move there. Uh, even though I do think Andre Iguodala, just on the surface regarding his salary, grades out slightly better. Um, I think there's just more minutes in the game for Iguodala. And I assume he probably starts seeing more time as this playoffs goes deeper and deeper, or you know, this might be as deep as it goes for Miami. What about, what about Olenek? <sighs> Thought about it. 
I never know if he is whatever I think Kelly Olynyk is about to do in a game is usually not the way that Spo goes. So when I think like, oh, this is probably a decent Kelly Olynyk spot, that's when he gets the DNP CD and Derek Jones Jr. plays 24 minutes. So I don't think they would want Kelly. Like Kelly Olynyk seems. I mean, with the way that the Bucks sort of allow threes, you would think they would want Kelly Olynyk out there, but I, I don't know. What do you think? I, I gave him 13 minutes. Yeah, I, I think that's fine. So I went back. They've he, he's played against Milwaukee three times this year. He played 28, 11, and then 34 minutes. The 34 minutes was in the bubble, but that was also a game that he started because I think Crowder was out. No, Crowder was in. Butler was out and Olenek yeah. started. So you can't take anything away from him playing 34 minutes there. The reason that I'm kind of interested, what what's his ownership right now on DraftKings? Olenek? Yeah. 10. Okay. So if Bam gets in foul trouble with Giannis, which you're not predicting that happens, but it's obviously a very real possibility. Yeah. I think Olenek would be the one that comes in behind him. And... Olenek produces at a rate so much higher than Iguodala or any of these other cheap guys that in large field tournaments or tournaments in general, you just need him to get those minutes and you can get those minutes by one being wrong about supposed rotation and him just playing more, you know, even though we don't think that he will or two bam getting in foul trouble. Like you just need the minutes. And obviously that's the risk, but it's not like there isn't risk with Iguodala and Marvin Williams because they will get the minutes. They just aren't going to do anything with them. So I don't know. I, I think that I, I think there's more of a like tournament winning upside from a low owned Olenek than from a popular Iguodala or even from a low owned Williams. And I mean, you don't, I think there's also no floor, but sure. Yeah. Yeah. He could easily get played straight off the floor. Um, but I do like taking shots on the guys that are, you know, like one fantasy point per minute guys right. and not the the West Matthews half a fantasy point per minute. Like you need a, such a different outcome for like sort of the same result. Right. I, I, I don't know if that's making much like it's all going to come down to Kelly Olynyk's minutes more so than anything else. Right. If it's just so like to, I guess, put it in kind think about all the times where you're like watching basketball or, or you're, there's a slate and something happens and your immediate thought is just like, shit, anyone who played this, this specific value guy just won the slate because he's going to get minutes and that's all he needs. That's never the case with, you never say that about like a Wes Matthews or, mm-hmm. I mean, to some extent you can with Marvin Williams, but uh, you, you know, you don't say it about Iguodala. Olenek is that guy where if any number of things go sideways, whether it's, you know, a random injury on Miami, foul trouble for Bam, um, just a different Spo rotation than maybe we expect, you can very easily just be saying like, yeah, you need Olenek. (sighs) Which again, shouldn't be confused with, there's also a very high chance that if you play Olenek, you're looking at your lineup saying like, yeah, these are dead. But there's just more tournament winning upside with him, I think. Could it just be a Jay Crowder series? They, so they've been, I mean, it, it could be. Last series, at least, they were basically going with Crowder and Iguodala. Like Iguodala like, closing over Crowder. Like is, is Crowder's strength, like literal strength, not like his the things that he's good at. Is his literal strength uh, such a difference in a matchup like this for 
anytime that he can get onto Giannis. Because obviously, uh, if for some reason Kelly Olynyk is uh, standing in front of Giannis, I mean, he's just going to be standing back there right. for a while. Yeah, I mean, I, I assume if Olynyk is on the floor, they're giving like Jimmy Butler a crack or something. Yeah. Mm. That's going to be the trickiest part for game one. I think we'll, see, we'll, we'll learn a lot after this one. Or, uh, I mean, they, they could also just go the route of stacking the paint and nobody defending Giannis, really. Like, nobody, no, nobody in particular. Also true. How do you feel about Butler? 8,500 FanDuel, 8,100 DK, you know, mid-30s ownership seems to just sort of be where I would expect him to be. I don't really have, like, a hot take for it. I, I think it's a really good salary. I think he's part of the reason why I, I'm not expecting to be going real stars and scrubby here because I think that you can get that easy like 45 to 50 fantasy points from from butler at 8100 um should play monster minutes should just obviously be involved in all facets of the game so um yeah i think he's one of the reasons where like if butler were priced to like 9500 then it's just like okay that's not really appealing either so maybe i'll get up to the expensive guys because why not but with where butler's priced you can get a really really solid projection with a lot of upside without having to go to one of these dumpster dumpster fire value plays I'm assuming Andre Iguodala is your easiest fade from the Heat. Yeah. Okay. That said, I would in tournaments like you probably, especially if the ownership stays where it is, you should drop stream and cash. Oh yeah, no doubt there, no doubt there. Uh, one other thing I want to touch on here. This isn't necessarily like a Heat question, but we're on it now. What? How do you tend to handle days like today at power forward on Fanduel, where it's Bam, Covington, Green, Nerlens Noel? Marvin Williams, maybe Ilias Sova. I don't, there's just no one there. Do you just end up with 200% split between Bam, Covington, and Jeff Green? Or are you, because we got 25% going to Nerlens Noel, 16% going to Marvin Williams. Is, is there a different strategy for you trying to fill out uh, the, like the, you have to have two players at this position type? Yeah, I mean, I, I typically end up, well, it, it it really ends up being a roster construction thing to a big extent. Like there's a lot of, I probably would get a hundred percent BAM, just whatever I, I have BAM. Um, and then I, I either end up getting a lot of Covington green or a lot of Noel kind of depending on roster construction and you know, which way it goes. Yeah. But normally I end up kind of just jamming over the field on two guys. Okay. Yeah. So, like we have, Robert Covington at 71% ownership right now and Jeff Green at 23. That seems like a really weird split. Yeah, and I, I expect them to both like move towards each other as the day yeah. goes on, but I don't think that there's that kind of separation between those guys. Uh, if you're playing Super Draft today, 1.4x on Jimmy Butler. I think he is the clear top option from the Heat. Uh, I think, you know, Bam and Dragic look pretty good. I don't like too much on the Milwaukee side. It's probably just Middleton. I mean, ignoring Giannis, we all know that. Who's your favorite play in this game? Butler. Really? I was not expecting that answer. More than Middleton. Yeah. Okay. I, I think Butler has the higher median outcome, and they're basically the same price. I just think Middleton's a really good play from kind of like a not narrative as in there's some stupid-ass narrative for why he's going to play well, but just narrative as in you're trying to build a path to winning in your lineup. And Middleton is the clear number one guy on Milwaukee that could take points away from Giannis. What's your assumption on Middleton's minutes? 33, 34. Okay. Yeah, I gave him and Giannis both 34 for this I one. I mean, obviously could go higher, but I just don't trust Bud to ever do that. No, it's 
Maybe the finals. Right. <laughs> and even then, maybe I'll, I'll only feel comfortable going to 35. Got, got to save them for next year for the dynasty room. Exactly. He's, he's playing chess, man. We're all playing checkers. Do you have anything else you want to touch on from Bucks Heat? No. Okay. Well, uh, uh, Tyler Hero, I guess it sets up well for him. I mean, Crowder too to some extent, but you mentioned it earlier with Milwaukee forcing threes and Milwaukee looking to make the guys that aren't the primary scorers take them. The the thing is though, like they're going to let Jimmy Butler take whatever threes Jimmy Butler wants. Yeah, they should. So. Yeah, so like, although he's been better in the bubble, I guess. Right. Which, yeah. but like, it's it's just a little bit different. Like we saw it in the Orlando series where Evan Fournier is the best perimeter offensive player Orlando has, and Milwaukee kept him from getting those shots. It's not quite the same here because like Jimmy Butler is the best offensive player they have, or best offensive perimeter player they have. But Milwaukee's not going to go out of their way to make sure Jimmy Butler's not shooting threes. So, you know, I, I don't think you get quite as I don't think they're funneling threes to Tyler Hero the way they funnel threes to like. DJ Augustine or Markel Fultz, but he's still going to get plenty of looks and he's relatively inexpensive. Yeah. I'm figuring they're more likely to have Wes Matthews in like Tyler Hero's Jersey than vice versa. And then Jimmy Butler will go like six for eight from three and people lose their mind. But yeah, I think Jimmy Butler probably a slightly better ISO player than Evan Fournier. Yeah. A little bit. Just, just a hair. Um, all right, so we're up to 445 people on the new link, but only 65 likes. So I understand we had some banked on the old video. I'm hoping we can hit that thumbs up again and at least cruise that number north of 100. I like seeing three digits there. It helps out a ton. And I have something for you guys. If you're not already a member of awesomeo.com, uh, our NBA rankings today are free. You can go check them out. No cost to you. Just head to awesomeo.com. Uh, browse yourself to the NBA rankings tab and you can check and see where Alex Osmo Baker uh, is slotting everybody for this particular slate. I assume someone will drop a, uh, there it is, Jordan Klein, best in the biz, dropping the NBA ranks link into chat right now. Go check those out. And thank you for getting to 100 likes. See, what? And I think that chat should somehow will me into a GPP win today. Everything I'm saying seems to be working out for me. So let's give it another shot. Um, or... Here's here's the best thing that you can do today. Free rankings. So go to awesomeo.com and check out the rankings. And then use those rankings to go to Superdraft, superdraft.io, or download the app in the App Store and play either NBA tonight with those free rankings. Get yourself into some PGA contests for next week, some NASCAR for next week, MMA for next Saturday. NFL is here in, what, two weeks? Whew. Going to be here soon. Get your money in Superdraft now. You don't have to worry about salaries, just multipliers. Uh, it's a much easier mechanism and a much more fun mechanism for making your lineups. You can use the promo code AWESOMO10 for $10 free on your first deposit of $10 or more, or you can get $20 for free on your first deposit of $100 or more. That's Superdraft, no limits, more winning. Game two, Oklahoma City and Houston uh, five and a half point favorites for the Rockets, 225 and a half total last I saw. You guys can check that out at Odd Shopper. Who wins this game? We'll start there. Houston. Yeah. I hope so, at least. Yeah, so do I. I like Oklahoma City, or at least like I like the idea of Oklahoma City. They're just they just don't have enough firepower. I just it, it, I, I like 
the, I mean, I like Houston, um, but I also, it's another Twitter thing. Like, I just don't feel like people validating because like everyone was so against Houston, just buying in and going completely small that, yeah. And it, in my opinion, win or lose this game has been successful as far as Houston was a very flawed team with Capella and their entire goal was to try and just increase variance and have a chance really in the playoffs, which I think they've clearly shown. So we, I think it's a win either way as far as what their strategy was, but I just don't feel like reading on Twitter about how small ball doesn't work. You and me both. Uh, at least we're on the same page there. It's going to be a shame when D'Antoni's not coaching the Rockets next year and I don't know what happens to Houston who, after that. Who was it that he was just linked to? Was it Indiana? Pacers mentioned that they want to go after him. I've seen a lot of murmurings about the Pelicans too. Um, yeah, I think I saw that. Yeah, that's the one I saw, I think. Which, you know, if you can get Zion to be the P.J. Tucker of this jam, uh, the, something to keep an eye on. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. I guess. Well, let's start here on the Oklahoma City side. Uh, highest owned player for the Oklahoma City Thunder, is 6K Danilo Gallinari at 51%. Shea is at 38, everybody else in like the 20s and 30s. So I have to ask, how do you feel about Gallo, Chalk? It's so gross whenever he's popular because he's a good point per dollar play. He's He should get the minutes. It's you know a fine matchup and all that, but he's just not volatile at all in terms of like from a ceiling standpoint. You know, the guy just doesn't have monster games that you have to have. So, you know, I, I, you know, two games slate, he projects well. I have no issues rostering Gallo. I'm not saying to fade him, but I would probably be under the field at 50%. As would I. Um, he's 60% owned on Fandle where he is 5,500, and that is at a small forward position where, you know, it makes a little bit more sense. I just want to come in. Look, I like Gallo. He's. I understand why he's getting the ownership. The salary makes some sense. I don't expect him to be a .84 fantasy point-per-minute guy like he is in the playoffs right now. Um, but even still, 50% feels a little too high. The guy I have my eye on more than anything is Shea, uh, 7,100 on DK. I'm curious how you feel about him. Yeah, coming off of an absolutely awful game. Yeah, but, real bad. But but there's nothing that that changed there. There's there's nothing where you're just like oh his role changed or he it's not even like he got benched he played 34 minutes and three quarters like in a competitive game you're getting 40 probably 40 plus minutes from from Shea he's 7100 on DraftKings he has really like obviously he's it's difficult one game to the next to predict kind of who takes on the scoring load from the backcourt between him Paul and Schroeder but. Um, he's clearly in the conversation and on average he has around a 22% usage rate. It's not like he's a, a no usage guy. He rebounds, he gets some assists. That game was just such an anomaly as far as his production goes there, I'm not taking anything negative away from it and I'm going right back to him. He's another one kind of like Jimmy Butler where I just look at their salaries and it really makes me think that going balanced is the better approach on this slate because 
I just think that he's clearly, clearly underpriced, just like Butler is. And you're not really saying that about the guys at the top, and you're not saying that about any of the value guys. Yeah, Shea came in as the number one contender on the contenders video. Go check that out, by the way. Um, I fully expect to have a ton. I expect him to be my most exposed Thunder guy. Uh, Seems pretty easy to get away from Gallo to go to Shea. Not that they're like same position or anything. Chris Paul seems to be like priced exactly where he should be. Dennis Schroeder is probably going a little underrepresented. Um, we only have him at 22% ownership right now. I think that's a place that I would like to go. Um, actually, did I? No one got suspended, right? I don't think so. Not that I've seen. Uh, yeah, I don't see anything. Just making sure that I didn't like accidentally miss something yesterday. That would be crazy. The first um, like, three tweets I found are in Spanish, so that's not going to help. Well, you should learn Spanish, man. <laughs> I, I mean, I know a decent amount. I just don't know what that says. So um, you don't know if PJ Tucker's suspended or not. <laughs> yeah, uh, they, they were both fine. They were not suspended. Um, so if it's not Shea for you, do you prefer Chris Paul or Schroeder? Paul, but I do agree with you as far as Schroeder probably being a little on their own from a ceiling standpoint. I think that from a median standpoint, Schroeder is a little bit overpriced. Whereas like you look at the, the rest of the, the team really, and Gallinari is fairly, if not underpriced, Gilgis Alexander is underpriced. Paul is fair, if not a little uh, too cheap. Schroeder, I think is kind of where he should be, if not a little high. So that should keep the ownership down, but we know he's going to go out there and shoot. He's got a higher usage rate than Paul or Gilgis Alexander. We know that he's very likely to be in the closing lineup. So I still think there's a really high ceiling for Schroeder. It's just that um, his, his median outcome isn't quite as favorable as it is for Paul or Gildas Alexander. Sounds good there. Two more guys that we need to hit on from, well, two and a half guys that we need to hit on from Oklahoma city. What happens with Steven Adams? Is it 26 minutes? Is it 30 minutes? Does he try to shoot? <laughs> I, I, I mean, he's going to continue to look like an incredible value play for me, uh, especially given the ownership. I just don't know what to do with him. He's a 0.92 guy in the bubble so far. What do you do with Adams? I'm going to project him for like 27, 26, 27 minutes, but at his salary, I'll still get some because that's so cheap. And really I'm okay with that because it's an example of a spot where I, I think that I'm right, but I'm aware that I'm making a, a pretty loosely educated guess on his playing time and that, he clearly can play five to 10 minutes more than I'm projecting him for. Like, again, like, I don't think that's the most likely outcome, but it's certainly in the range. So if I'm projecting him at kind of the bottom of his range of outcomes and I'm still getting to him, I'm fine with it. Like it doesn't make me feel great because I think he just disappoints here a lot, but it's, I think a good play for that reason. Okay. Next guy, Lou Dort. 3,700 on FanDuel, 16% owned. 4,100 on DraftKings, 18% owned. 0.64 fantasy points per minute in the bubble. You go he's, another, he's another one where if he weren't getting ownership, I'd be interested because I think the minutes will be there. He's the one that I think, you know, I, I said that I don't think Adams closes. I think Dort does, assuming he hasn't fouled out by then. I think it just makes more sense to have him out there basically shadowing Harden and to, to keep Adams on the bench at the end of the game. But so, so the minutes are there, but like you said, he doesn't produce at a high level. Like if you're assuming he's closing, he's going to be out there with Gallinari, Paul, Gildas Alexander, and Schroeder. Like those guys are not giving him the ball. Um, Houston will, Houston will give him wide open threes. So he does, 
you know, if he gets hot, he can knock down three or four real quick and, and you basically need to have him, but he's not a good three point shooter. Houston's going to let him take those. OKC is probably yelling at him not to take them. We so, know Doris Burke is. Yeah, Doris Burke definitely is. So it's just another one where, you know, obviously it's not to the same level, at least right now in terms of ownership as Iguodala, but it's the same kind of thing where, I just think that there's a bigger edge on the slate by foregoing all of these 0.65 fantasy point per minute guys and getting more one fantasy point per minute guys. Like, I mean, obviously that sounds really dumb and, the, and it means you're sacrificing the you know two, two fantasy point per minute guy in Giannis at the top. But I just like, like when you think about two V twos, do you get a higher ceiling by going something like Giannis plus Dort for around 15 K or Gilgis Alexander plus Paul, ignoring you know any negative correlation. It should be SGA and Paul, obviously ignoring the fact that they're two guards on their own team. I know where you're going with it yeah. at the very least. Uh, it should be those two guys. And then I start thinking to myself like, oh shit, what if Giannis goes for a hundred? <laughs> Giannis is like the one. I should have said Harden because. <laughs> Harden right I now, yeah, Harden. with Russin. Yeah, I should have said Harden with Westbrook. But, I mean, the, the point stands. like Because yeah. Giannis can outscore both of those guys combined. Right. <laughs> Which, Giannis like, I've like got the them one. projected for 80. Giannis, if you told me that Giannis had more than 80 today, I'd be like, yeah, I mean, he's right. the best player in the basketball. Giannis and Westbrook-less Harden, which obviously not the case today, are like yeah. the two players where you look at two mid-range guys that can both easily go for 50, and you're just like – yeah, but even if they do that, you're still in a pretty good spot with Giannis a lot of the time. It's those two guys and AD when he's not on a team with LeBron and they're yeah. trying to make a playoff push. Because <laughs> that Westbrook, was a stretch where... Westbrook when he's not playing with Durant. Yeah. Oh, yeah there's another one. There was that stretch for AD, what, two years ago when they were making... The Pelicans were making that run where he yeah. just went insane for yeah. like three weeks. The Westbrook without Durant was still just the most absurd fantasy run where I, I think he got to like five or something. He got to like 14K on DraftKings and you literally were just sitting there like, okay, do I want to roster a 14K player at 60% ownership or do I want to lose all my money? Because those are the only two options. Yeah, you, it, was, it, it was just insane. The team was just perfectly set up for like no one else to be able to be involved. Final question. Well, I guess this is going to be a dual question for Oklahoma City. I said it was a half guy, but I'm going to add two halves together. Nerlens Noel, Darius Baisley. We've been getting, I've been getting your opinion on I don't want to pay down for this. By the way, I cannot wait until I get the DM at uh, whatever, you know, 10 minutes after lock where you're like, I have 400% uh, in guys underneath 4K. (laughs) (laughs) But anyway, it's neither here nor there. I assume no Noel, no Baisley. Not on DraftKings. I can see going to well on FanDuel. Yeah. But it's the the thing, the biggest problem that I have with Noel here, because normally I'm a fan of kind of taking the Kelly Olinick approach with Noel, where just needs anything bad to happen to Stephen Adams and Noel smashes the slate. Uh, so I, I, I normally like that approach when there's not really good value. But I, I think if something happens to Stephen Adams, this game just goes smaller. And yeah, I don't, I don't think Noel suddenly plays 28 minutes. Through. Right. Right. Um, so, I mean, you if you're taking that approach, you actually would, I think, prefer Baisley over Noel. Because, like, if Steven Adams rolls his ankle in the first quarter or something, I think Baisley plays a ton of minutes. Darius Baisley better on a per-minute basis in the bubble so far than Noel. Darius Baisley was playing the best basketball of his life, probably including high school games in the bubble, like, before, during the seeding games. Yeah. 0.91 for him. Noel at 0.85, which is really, really bad for him. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I mean, the, the th- 
realistically, I'm not, again, on DraftKings, I'm not interested in either one. Um, I, I think if something, you know, if Adams were to get ejected or something, Baisley actually probably benefits more than Noel. But normally you're getting like 14 minutes for Noel and 18-ish for Baisley. So. Yeah, we have Baisley at 18, Noel at 19 right now. Percent? Yeah. Yeah, like I, <laughs> that that's what's throwing me off is there's a part of me that's thinking that if you're max entering, you should be going the stars and scrubs approach and just rotating through all of these guys because, you know, one of them probably does well. But it's just like, what's the advantage there when a quarter of the field is doing it? Or a fifth of the field, whatever. Yeah, I'm not I'm not on the Baisley train today. Noel, because of Noel's rates that aren't in the bubble, he's the Kelly Olenek, as you mentioned before. Like he just, he will always pop for me even in low minutes because of how good he is on a permanent basis. So I sort of get why that's happening. I don't know. I don't have a ton of interest in either one of those guys. Noel, obviously more in play on FanDuel where you have to roster two power forwards. Adams is going to be the guy that I get in trouble with again. Agreed. I don't know what to do there. I hate it. I really do. And then we move to Houston. James Harden is 11-2 on FanDuel, 11-3 on DraftKings. I mean, I think I mostly got your thoughts on Harden vis-a-vis Giannis earlier. He's, it's just not a better situation for him with Russell Westbrook out there, at least from a fantasy perspective. It's definitely better for the team. <laughs> yeah. Um, but 11-3, man, that's... I mean, you're talking about one needing like 70 fantasy points to be happy, and two. I mean, you need to win. Like, this is a fifth. Like, this is a coin flip right now. You need to win the Harden Giannis pick. Like, that's no matter which one of those guys you pick, the first battle is just do they beat the other guy? Right. And I, I mean, I don't think it's quite a coin flip either. Oh no, not at all. I just mean like it's a coin flip in that there are two payup right, options right. and that's it. Uh, no, I don't think that it's a coin flip either. It's uh, pretty clearly Giannis for me. Yeah, that's I mean, two game two game slate. Like if it if it ends up coming in like fifty five percent Giannis, fifteen percent Harden or something, then I start to become interested. You know, just yeah, okay, give me James Harden on a slate with four teams playing. Yeah, but yeah, I mean Westbrook being there obviously concerns me. Don't know if he'll be on a minutes limit. We know he was last game, uh, but you know even so, if he's out there for 30, 32 minutes or something out of, you know, I gave that, him thir- I gave him thirty two. Right. It's still enough where it's going to put a dent in Harden. Um, yeah. I, if the value were better, I would still, I, I'd still like Harden. I just really have a trouble. I really have trouble justifying what is probably like 60 to 65 fantasy points from Harden when it means getting Andre Iguodala. Comment in chat. Russ helps Harden. That might be the worst ch- comment I've seen in chat yeah, ever. A, a, a more false statement has never been uttered. <laughs> Um, can you get to Russ on DraftKings? To me, the answer is no. If he's really low on. 17. So 42% on FanDuel. I, I don't think so. The one thing that I would say is, because like, I obviously haven't built DraftKings lineups yet, there's at least some chance that I can get the mid-range guys that I want and then have like 9,700 just left over. As opposed, like I'm, I know I'm not going to have 11k left over for Harden and Giannis. Sure. Um, so you know, and then you kind of just take the raw points. But I think 
it's much more likely that I'm just going like Butler, Dragic, Paul, Gildas Alexander, Schroeder, like all these guys over Westbrook. Gotcha. Especially yeah, assuming that he's not playing 40 minutes. Yeah, he, he grades out really poorly for me. I assume uh, if he maintains anything remotely close to where his ownership is now, and I wouldn't be sh- shocked to see it rise, he'll probably be a flat zero for me. How are you sifting through the rest of Houston? Covington, Gordon, Green, House, Tucker. I'm just going to put all five of those guys in the same sort of bucket. What What do you like most? What do you like least? I'll say this much. Robert Covington is at 44% ownership. Gordon, eight. Green, six. House, six. Tucker, 19. Do with that I mean, information what you will. If that's the ownership, give me Green over Covington. Like, it, It's the <laughs> same play. I, Dude, I have... I have Jeff Green needing to be one of, or being one of the top eight scorers on DraftKings today. Twenty three percent of the time, we have him owned six. Yeah, I don't. We'll end up I with a hundred percent of this dude if this kid continues. Right. Like, I, I don't get it. You know, I think this is one where I think as the day goes on, it, it comes closer together, as you mentioned earlier. But it has to. They're playing similar minutes. I understand Covington had a big game last game, but are like, is that what we're basing decisions on? It's just you know, like whose shot was going in last game because Green's played very well this entire series. It's not like. Green lost minutes last game. You know, I know Tucker got ejected, but you still got 30 minutes from, you got 31 minutes from Covington. You got 30, just shy of 31 minutes from Green. Um, you know, like he probably benefited a little bit from, from Tucker's ejection, but even in the first half, Green played 14, almost 15 minutes. So you're probably getting around 30 minutes for him. Like I think the the rotation went pretty similarly to how I had expected it where Rivers and Macklemore in the first half basically were just kicked out of the rotation. Yeah. So, you know, again, I think you're getting around 30 minutes from green around 30 minutes from Covington, probably a couple more for whichever of them's playing better, but I don't understand why there's an ownership gap whatsoever, much less four to one or whatever it is. Yeah. Like if, if Gordon green and house can all be under 10% owned on this particular slate, I just want all three of those guys and I'll figure it out later. Right. Because that's just not enough. I know without question, barring a disaster in Houston, not, well, not like for Houston, not literally in Houston, stupid bubble. um, These guys are going to play 30 minutes. Like there's no, there's no sneaky rotation guys showing up today. Right. If if they're not injured, these guys are all going to play full rotations of basketball at single digits in ownership. I can't avoid that. Like, I don't think that Covington's 44% is wrong if you don't look at anything else. I understand how it's getting there. But it can't get there at the expense of literally everybody else that does the exact same stuff for the team. I don't Right, it and no it's sense. not even like – so, and, and I don't mean this as, like, Covington hasn't been putting up DFS scores this, this series. It's not like this has been a series where Covington is dominating the boards – and it's like benefiting him from that standpoint, like his rebound chances have been down even from where they were before. Now you have Westbrook back taking some of those like green can do everything Covington can do. Yeah. They're to me, just such interchangeable players that in terms of minutes, in terms of role, in terms of you know skill sets, I don't understand why there's an ownership difference. Neither do I. It, it makes I figure we end up seeing more like Covington 30, Green 15, Gordon 12, House yeah. 12 type stuff. Gordon's the one that I'll say I'm just not interested in because he's not even at 8%. Not really. We're talking I mean, about a two game slate. Yeah. I, 
like, yeah, anybody at 8% that's going to play 30 plus minutes, you can make an argument for, but I, I like him less than I like all these other guys because he just does not do anything when he's playing with Westbrook Harden and with Westbrook being back, you know, the minutes are going to be staggered. So at least one of them is on the floor with Gordon all the time. And for a lot of the minutes, it's both of them, which just drives his usage rate through the floor, but he doesn't get assists. He doesn't get rebounds and he loses all of his usage when these guys are playing. Whereas with Tucker and green, you're still getting the peripheral upside from them. So I, I do like them more than I like Gordon. I totally understand there. I'm not even projecting them all that well, 0.77 or 0.76, something like that. But at the minutes, it's just, it's an, it's an ownership thing. It's just really easy to get to Gordon greenhouse um, when they're in single digits. Like Gordon will project lower. I think Gordon's going to project lower than Covington and green for me at a more expensive salary. And he's going to project about the same as house at a lower salary. Okay. And probably Uh, about the same as Tucker at a much lower salary. How do you manage groups for Houston? I definitely don't want more than two out of that group. Yeah. Pro- I mean, ideally, like if I'm playing one lineup, I probably wouldn't want more than one of them. But I wouldn't, like, I'm not going to stick too hard to that. You know, if it works out, it works out. Yeah. I think, I don't know if I would, in- something that I would dig into, but I think the group is more naturally Covington, Green, House, Tucker. Well, probably just Covington, Green, House. Yeah. Because I think that Gordon and Tucker are probably closed no matter what. Is that no, I, I, any, I right? Like Harden Westbrook, Gordon Tucker, I think is their close is, is a four of the five. I agree I'm with pretty that. Pretty confident with that. Yeah, I, I agree. The reason that I kind of want to include Tucker in that group is just that he's PJ Tucker. Yeah, I mean it's it, it's that for any when when one of those guys has the ceiling game it's because they got extra rebounds normally or you know got they they knocked down their threes which i you know, obviously the three pointers doesn't directly negatively correlate to someone else on the team but the rebounding does and so that that's what concerns me there like if pj tucker has his you know bi-monthly 12.16 rebound game where are covington and house and greens rebounds nowhere right Nowhere. Yeah, you you need to be really cognizant of the rules that you're setting for Houston, I believe. Because it's just, it's the sea of similarly priced, sort of similarly, similar production type guys, similar minutes. It all looks the same. So yeah. you don't want to make, you don't want to get all of them. Ultimately, I'd settle on like probably a max two on that group. Like I wouldn't go max one because it's a two game slate. Yeah. And- it's just being unnecessarily restrictive. But um, if I, when I'm looking at a lineup, I'm not going to look at it and say, Oh, I love this one because it has two of those guys. Right. I'm with you there. Anything else you want to touch on coming out of Houston? No, I agree. Uh, we got this question a couple times throughout chat. So I do want to ask your thoughts and I know where you're coming from, but is it feasible to build a Harden Giannis lineup today? Let me see. Like, I, I'm pretty sure I already know my thoughts. I just want to see how ugly it is. Sure. Giannis in my DraftKings optimal, Harden not, just FYI. So you have an average of $4,550 if you do that. All right, so. I'm going to lock them both and see what we get out of this. Yeah, so you can do it a lot more efficiently than I can right now. 
Okay, so my optimal on DraftKings is 256.77. The optimal with Harden and Giannis locked is 252.7. So I'm already down four full fantasy points. Uh, And it gets gets real murky. I mean, Pat Connaughton showing up in the second best lineup. (laughs) Uh, Dante DiVincenzo in the third. Like the first... My optimal of having those locked, SGA, Iguodala, Dort, Marvin Williams, Nerlens Noel, Harden Giannis, Gallo. Yeah, so... Not uh, fun. Right. Like, I was going to say, obviously, I didn't run it through Cruncher, but I was just kind of, you know, quickly clicking guys in where it was just like, yeah, okay, their salaries work. But, like, something, obviously, different players, and I'm sure you can make a better lineup, but... Like you're talking about groupings of like Iguodala, House, Adams, Lopez, Hill, Williams. Like, yeah. I mean, you're going to take Harden and Giannis, hope they have like 60th percentile games, and then you need to hit everything else, every single random value guy correctly. Right. Whew. And you need there to be correct value guys. Right. Yeah. Which is not a given on this slate. Yeah. It, it could also be the case that no one below 4K is any good and it, blows this up like MMA on Saturday where the winning lineup had a losing fighter in it. <laughs> MMA was fantastic. Yeah. Good luck on that uh, three-way split on your seat. Yeah, thanks. Yeah, w- winning winning GPPs with a losing fighter is always fun. Yeah, uh, I needed Anthony Smith there. Turns out he didn't want to participate in that yeah. fight. I didn't even watch the fight because I, I was winning a lot of money and I was just like, <laughs> I know it's going to drop and I'm going to like 1.5x for the night. And so I didn't even watch it. And I looked back later and was like, oh, I still made 11x. Cool. Always good. It's always good. I knew once the moment that fight ended, I was like going to sleep. Yeah. <laughs> Any more like holistic thoughts we want to think about for this slate? Anything that stood out to you now that we've gone through it? No, I mean, I, I, I'm still thinking at least right now that I'm going to prefer balanced builds. Um, so, I mean, if you start on DraftKings, you, even just starting with Giannis, you have 5,500 per position. I think I'm going to just like my builds a lot better by going balanced and, you know, hoping that Giannis doesn't break the slate open. Um, but yeah, I mean, I guess with Miami, if you look at their one thing I kind of thought of afterwards, if you look at their rotation against Indiana and you wanted to leverage against Iguodala, I think it would be Crowder. Um, not to say that their rotations have to be the same because their wings are sort of interchangeable, but I think it would be Crowder. Um, Hero and Robinson were kind of taking minutes from each other against Indiana. So, you know, again, maybe those those may or may not hold, but my first guess at if Iguodalo plays eight minutes less than everyone's projecting, who gets those eight minutes, my first guess would be Crowder. We are on the same page there. I think he also just went to the series better. Also what? Also went to Marquette. Yeah. It's a series full of them. I'm trying to like look down the list to see if anybody else steps out for me Wade, the Marquette guy. Yeah. It is the heat. I think that's it. I think we're done. Well, we got up to 643 people right now. So on that note, hit the thumbs up. It's 157 likes. We can get to 200 on the redo video. I'll happily take that. I know Superdraft would take it. They get a 200 like video with 640 concurrent views. Superdraft would love it. MLB strategy show coming up at 11 a.m. I think we're having like a dual live before lock NBA and MLB later today. Let me look at that quick just to confirm. Correct. Adam, you were on NBA live before lock with Jason Floyd. 
Uh, Laffy on MLB Live before Lock with T. McBee. But we got Laffy and Jake coming up immediately after this, talking some baseball. Trade deadline today, I think? Yes. Today or tomorrow? Something like today. that? Today. Yeah. That should be fun. Okay, so sum it up. Favorite three plays today on DraftKings? Gildas Alexander, Butler. I mean, obviously Giannis, but as far as getting him in my lineup, I think it's going to be tough. Um, A bunch of guys kind of all similar beyond Butler and Gildas Alexander. Three highest ranked guys I have on FanDuel today. Robert Covington, Eric Bledsoe, Goran Dragic. The playoffs <laughs> it should be fun guys please 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 hit the thumbs up subscribe to the channel hit the notification bell so you know when this and all of our other content goes live follow me on twitter at josh engelman follow adam on twitter at ship my money dfs <sighs> best of luck to everybody on this slate i hear the music slowly creeping into my ears so that means jordan klein is ready to send us out so thank you best of luck we out <laughs>